Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to today's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so thankful that you have joined us for today's conversation, and it is going to be a fantastic conversation with somebody we spent some time with in person recently, and uh, we're, we're glad to have him on the podcast. Before we get there, though, I want to remind you our mission here at the Church Leadership Podcast is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church, and uh, we believe each and every episode and each and every conversation we have does that, so we don't want you to miss a single episode. So make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast, whether you're listening to the podcast or watching it on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. And look, always, we are always looking uh, for your feedback and input. You can get in touch with us at contact at churchleadershippodcast.com. Let us know some people you'd like to hear on the podcast or some topics you'd like Andy and I to tackle as well. So with that said, here is today's conversation. What a privilege we have this week, Mark, and everybody who's watching and listening to have a guest. We've been trying to get on here for a little while, and our schedule's finally lined up where we could do it. Well, we have Bobby Harrington on here with us this week, and uh, based on his uh, description that he wanted us to introduce him as, he is the chief yes. shenanigans officer at discipleship.org, renew.org, and Harpeth Christian Church in the Nashville, Tennessee area. Uh, we'll let you unpack that title for us in just a minute, Bobby, but we are so glad that you're on the podcast with us. Bobby is known as a disciple maker, a leader of leaders, and uh, just a great encourager. So thank you for taking time to join us this week on the podcast. Well, I'm really glad to be with you guys, especially after being together there in Alabama a couple of weeks ago. I feel like I know Mark and Andy, at least uh, uh, they they know me because I was speaking uh, at a group of pastors and I had my fly open and uh, they didn't tell me <laughs> until the this break. is a true story this is a true story true story yeah and we weren't even we gonna bring that at the table without telling you what we were laughing at yeah I think I was the only one brave enough to actually tell you obviously yes, you, did. I, you did at the break you yeah. you loved me yeah. enough you know Friends yeah. tell friends when they have boogers in their noses and when their flies open, That's right. speaking to a group right. of uh, church leaders. So, uh, yeah, shenanigans is a, a good title because, uh, you know, shenanigans is something devious that you do. But in this case, it's devious against Satan. Mm. And so uh, I'm all about the shenanigans of undermining the underworld and, uh, <clears throat> you know, claiming people for the cause of Christ. So great to be with you guys. That's awesome. Did you perhaps get that title after you spoke in Alabama? I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Is there well, that's true. It, 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 in time, I developed the title after the events in uh, Alabama, and it fits the event, events in Alabama as well. So, sure, no doubt. So you can claim that that's when they started using that. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, listen, Bobby, we're so thankful you're on the podcast, and, and we've been looking forward to this conversation, especially after we spent some time with you uh, just a couple of weeks ago at that, at that roundtable. I want to start out asking you a little bit. Some of the people watching and listening probably know you. Um, they've probably seen, you know, some stuff that you've put out, but some of them may not. So if you would just share a little bit about your story, Bobby, and, and kind of how God led you to have such a heart and a passion 
for really creating culture, a culture of disciple making, uh, not only in your church, but, you know, in other churches as well. Well, <clears throat> thanks for the opportunity. You know, uh, what's really interesting is when you look at people who are strong advocates of disciple making as church leaders and pastors, you, one of the common things you're going to find is that they were personally discipled. And that is true of me. It's interesting. So Randy Pope started Life on Life Missional Discipleship, and he can tell you the story as a teenager of being discipled by a man in the community. Jim Putman would talk to you about being discipled. In his case, uh, his father actually discipled him as an adult, or Robbie Gallaty, who many of your listeners will probably know, will talk about David Platt discipling him. And the truth of the matter is that that was true of me. I was a student at the University of Calgary in my hometown of Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And uh, um, I was taking French. And uh, long story short, my French professor ended up discipling me. And a rad radical change in my life because he was the right man at the right time with the, the right love and the right information. And uh, literally, uh, the trajectory of my life radically changed from going one way to going a very different way. And I'm really grateful to God. I'm grateful to God that God put him in my life. And I'm grateful to Mac. Uh, his name is Mac Jacobs. He's uh, subsequently passed away. But I'm grateful that Mac Jacobs loved me enough and knew the word of God enough. And he loved me enough to teach me the word of God and uh, really changed my life. Now, let me tell you something that happened to me, because <clears throat> I'm hoping a lot of your listeners will identify with it. So I was discipled really well by, by Mac, but then I was, <laughs> this sounds terrible, but I was counter-discipled in a program-based <laughs> uh, way to church uh, after I became a disciple, and I went to, you know, study the Bible, and then off to seminary, I was counter-discipled in the program-based way of discipling people, which is not a very effective way, uh, not, not nearly as effective as intentional relational disciple-making. Uh, so I read Robert Coleman's book, The Master Plan of Evangelism, which for your listeners is probably the gold standard of when we talk about Jesus' method of disciple-making. The Master Plan of Evangelism is fantastic. And I remember I read that book. I took detailed notes on that book. And it was like, this is the kind of guy I want to be. This is what I want to do. But you know what? Tragically, I just got to say it again. I fell back into the normal way of doing church. And uh, so I worked with my dad's trucking company for five years after getting my first seminary degree. And then I went into ministry or I'm sorry. Yeah, I went into full-time ministry became the senior minister pastor of a church in Canada. And, you know, I was young and uh, I just did what, what those who had gone before me had done. And I wasn't happy with the established church. So I worked in two established churches and then I was able to plant a church and I was real committed to the Lordship of Jesus through scripture. I'd been discipled into that uh, and believe that strongly and so I was a Lordship of Jesus guy uh, through scripture, but uh, attractional church, program-based church that I planted. And uh, one day I met uh, at a seminar, I met a guy named Jim Putman. 
And Jim had built a church in Idaho around Jesus' method of disciple-making. So as soon as Jim started advocating for this, I'm going like, well, that's what Robert Coleman had said, and, and that's what Jim, that's what uh, Mac Jacobs had done for me. And, and uh, I was like, I was already there. I just needed somebody to flip the switch. And so I just started really digging in. And because I was training church planters at the time, uh, I just, Jim and I, we just started training church planters in intent. Here's, here's the philosophy, intentional, relational disciple making, which is my summary of Jesus' method. It's intentional, but it's relational and it's focused on helping people to be disciples and make disciples. So anyway, long story short, uh, I just really, you know, switched to what was already there. And then I did a deep dive into scripture. I mean, I want you guys to know, I read through the entire New Testament multiple times with this lens, just like putting on glasses. And my lens was, now, is this really central? Mm. Is this as central as I'm thinking it's central? And of course, in the Gospels, if you were to, you were to ask, okay, God wants us to be disciples, right? Right. Like, 270 times the Bible talks about being a disciple, only three times Christian. Okay, God wants us to be a disciple. How did Jesus make disciples? Got that. Okay. Then you look in the book of Acts and you'll see, yeah, yeah, there's relationship there. It's not as like this intense focus on making disciples the way Jesus did, but the relational disciple making, that's there. Then you go through Romans and first and second Corinthians and so forth. And I just did a deep dive and I started to look at you know, people will use Matthew 28, which is, you know, Jesus came to them and said, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Well, that's a great mandate for the apostles, which, <clears throat> because we're going to follow the teachings of the apostles, it becomes a mandate for us. But to be candid with you at a deeper level, it's got to be deeper than just Matthew 28. So I started doing a deep dive, and I realized behind everything in the New Testament that every apostle or every writer associated with an apostle is saying is, God wants us to be disciples of Jesus and to help with the mission of making disciples. So just a simple passage like Colossians chapter 1 you know, where Paul says to them, my purpose is that you might be mature in Christ, complete lacking nothing, or Galatians 4, you know, I'm in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. And when you start really peeling it back at a deeper level, and this deeper level is really important, uh, when you start peeling it back at a deeper level, behind everything in the New Testament is God's desire that we would be like Jesus, we would love God and love people the way Jesus did, and that we would all be conformed to the image of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's disciple-making, and that makes disciple-making the core mission of the church. I, I, This is a shameless plug. Sorry if I'm not supposed to do this, but uh, I wrote a book called uh, Disciple-Making the Core Mission of the Church with a guy named Scott Sager, just to give a real simple articulation. It's a short book on how this is so important that we be clear-minded about this. So yeah, no, no, no. shameless plug. That's my story, and I'm sticking welcome. to it. 
That's right. They are welcome. In fact, we would have asked you about that anyway. So we'll put we'll put a link to that actually in the show. Amazon.com. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh Bobby, what you what you're talking about, Mark and I have similar journeys where oh in in the sense that we were introduced to the the priority and the 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 scriptural mandates of disciple making, but also we we probably got derailed at one point in and thank goodness, by God's grace, uh, you know, we're, we're, where we're tracking now is a little better than where we were. Uh, but what you're doing is not just realizing that in your own life. And, and that's a powerful testimony you have of coming out of seminary and, and pastoring and planting and, and giving, giving your life's track to making disciples who make disciples. But now there's more to it than that. You're actually investing in other pastors and leaders. And that has been really the thrust of your ministry for a long time now. And through doing that, you've started organizations like discipleship.org and renew.org. So tell us a little bit about that. Tell us a little bit about uh, the discipleship.org network and the renew.org network and, and kind of the genesis of those and, and where you feel like those things are headed. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk about that. Really appreciate it, Andy. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, I'm the kind of person, if I believe something like I believe, <laughs> I believe it for me and everybody, everybody should believe what I believe. Um, uh, and I joke, but part of that's true. And so here's, here's one of the things that happened to me I was working with a church planting organization and, uh, you know, I was trying to help create these church planting networks around the country. And uh, I was working hard because I still continue to try to live these principles out in my local church. So I'm still to this day a senior pastor because I want to be what I want other people to be. And so I was working hard. And one day I was flying home and I realized I'd been with a church planter and he was a good man. Like he's a really good man. But the church he was creating, they were shallow people. And, you know, I'm already working on this disciple making stuff and not just, you know, given what the Bible says or what Robert Coleman wrote or what I experienced when I was discipled by Mac Jacobs, but I realized what's happening in our culture is the world is totally out discipling the church. And this is a crisis and I can't just be quiet. So there's, there's going to be two phases in my story as I try to propagate this DNA of Jesus-style disciple-making. The first phase uh, would be that um, we'll just focus on discipleship.org. So I uh, came to see that my stirrings and my conviction about Dave Milam's church, Dave was the church planter, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was like, I love Dave, and I, you know, I have a, I'm a pastor, so I have a heart for pastors. I know how hard it is to be a pastor and at the stakes, you know, for us. So I'm like, we got to help these guys. They need clarity. They need methodologies. I need to get Jim Putman in front of them. I need to get Robert Coleman in front of them. Uh, <clears throat> I reached out to Bill Hall when we were starting discipleship.org, and he's written more books on discipleship and disciple making than anybody. And I just love talking about, I got to get Bill in front of everybody. So my friend Todd Wilson, who leads Exponential, we were in Israel. <clears throat> Hope this is okay to say. We're sitting on the Mount of Olives, smoking a cigar <clears throat> late at night, 
And uh, Todd said to me, Bobby, if you will create this organization at that time that would just bring together these disciple-making organizations, he said, I'll help you. And because he had led and created this uh, exponential, I knew if Todd worked with me, we could do it. Because I, I fancy myself more of a theologian and a practitioner. Uh, to be candid with you, <clears throat> I kind of, I was, God had me in a corner because of my convictions. And so when Todd said that, I'm like, I don't really want to do this. But then I said, gulp. Okay, Lord, I, I think you want me to, so I'll do it. I'll trust you. And uh, so God just showed his hand. A couple of things, by the way. One is, Todd said, first thing you got to do is get a website. And, I'm, and he said, we got to get a website name. I'm going, okay, like, what are we going to do? So I'm praying about it. I'm, I'm in the shower praying. This, this, God gave this gift to me. This is how I look at it. So I'm in the shower praying, and I'm going, okay, what are we going to call it? And I'm like talking to God, and I'm saying, what should we call it, Lord? What, what website name? <laughs> and I, I get in my spirit just a sense of discipleship. <laughs> and I literally remember saying, yeah, right, Lord, as if that's going to be available. So <laughs> I, I, I go, and this is funny because I'm not used to this. I never bought a website or anything. So I did a Google search and uh, looked like you could probably get discipleship.org, like you could buy it. So I get on the phone with Todd and we're talking about it. And I said, hey, Todd, I think, I, I think we can get the website discipleship.org. And he goes, if you don't get off the phone and buy that website, I'm going to. So I got off the phone and I was able to get the website discipleship.org. And the great thing about that is the website tells you what, you know, what it's all about. And so we started bringing people together. The first independent forum we had was in 2016 and God blessed us. You know, we had a little over 600, which was a good one. Uh, and then we built uh, uh, 2016, 17, 18, 19. We had over 1,700 leaders show up, uh, and then COVID hit. But we made a quick switch, and in 2020, we had 5,000 people join our our forum online. And then we thought, okay, by November of 2021, it'll clear up, which it hasn't. And I think. <laughs> I think we're, but I still think we're going to have 1200 uh, at our gathering, November 4th and 5th. And uh, we're going to, we haven't announced this. So we're announcing it now on your podcast. We're also going to offer live streaming for the main sessions for people awesome. who can't make it. So here's the deal with discipleship.org. I, I hope it's honored God. I think it's helped a lot of people. Um, I'd like it to help more people. But we have a newsletter that goes to 30,000 people, over 5,000 download our podcasts every week. Uh, we've got 20 free ebooks. Uh, we do this national gathering. We have this online community called The Collective. And I'm really grateful to God. And bottom line, we champion Jesus style disciple making for the church. We really believe the church is God's plan A. Now, mm -hmm. Having given you guys that backstory, let me tell you about Renew, but let me pause in case you had any questions about discipleship.org. No, that's good, man. I will, I will, I will uh, second that, you know, that humongous collection of eBooks and resources. It is fantastic. Well, you know, it's really, here's, here's the fine people often say, you know, 
I don't want to cast aspersions on other people, but I've heard people say, well, we thank God, but, but you think they're, they're not really thanking God. I just want you to know, I really, truly, deeply believe this is something God did. I didn't want to do it. Uh, so that's probably a good sign. Yeah, that's right. Having been there in person to the Disciple Making Summit and I participated online last year, uh, what you guys do and are doing is phenomenal. I mean, it is it is excellent. It is a great resource of not just uh, people who are making disciples, but it connects other disciple makers together as well as introduces people into the the way to develop a disciple making strategy in their life and in their ministry. So it's fantastic. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> okay, let me talk to you about part B. So if you think of discipleship.org, just think Jesus' method of disciple making. So here's something that was happening with me. I was working with Bill Hull and uh, some of these international disciple making movements. And uh, one of the things that a guy named Dallas Willard had really birthed in Bill Hull is the concept that the Jesus you preach and the gospel you uphold uh, are really going to determine the disciple you get. So I gravitate to deeper things. Part of it is kind of how I'm wired, but also uh, I did a master's uh, in philosophy and I came to see that beliefs, like what you really believe is ultimately the most important thing about you. And so it's really easy to focus on pragmatics of strategies and structures uh, and even methods. Jesus' method of disciple making can be a, you know, just, it's just this method. It's this in being relational with people and being intentional. Uh, and so one of the things that happened to me is when Bill Hall started talking to me about this concept from Dallas Willard, that Jesus you preach and the gospel you uphold will determine the disciple you get, it started really working on me. Remember, I was always a lordship of Jesus through scripture guy. And so as I'm working on this stuff, um, I start to realize that uh, there's a crisis going on in North America. And, uh, you know, if I were to describe two different gospels that are different than what I'll call the King Jesus gospel, let me mention them because I think all of your listeners will easily relate. The first is the transactional gospel. So the transactional gospel is literally where people present it like you make a transaction with God. Jesus died on the cross, and so he, he promises you heaven. God's promise to you in this transaction is heaven when you die. Your part of the transaction is place your trust in Jesus and say a prayer. Well, what's that? That's a transaction. You pray the prayer and you get heaven when you die. We're not talking about being a disciple. We're not talking about repentance. We're not talking about really becoming the person God wants you to be and walking with God, you know, the rest of your life. It's a transaction. Well, that's not the biblical gospel. That's not the biblical Jesus. How about this other one? <clears throat> we call it the prosperity gospel. And uh, I, I have just experienced, I, uh, was on the deathbed with a famous guy. I won't mention his name because it would dishonor his family. But <clears throat> um, he's a famous musician and uh, he died last week. And on Friday, his wife asked me to come and help him make peace with God on his deathbed. 
here's what happened is that 10 years ago, his son died. His son died suddenly of cancer. And I tried to help him process through it. And I thought he had processed through it. But six months later, he met with me and he said, he's not coming to church anymore. He's angry at God. And so I'm offered to meet with him. He didn't want to meet with me. Well, then like, you know, he left and, and I went on with my life. Well, then I get a call to come and see him on his deathbed. He was still angry at God 10 years later. He had not followed Jesus or anything. And why? He bought into a view of the gospel that if I follow Jesus, God's going to give me the best life, my best life now. Things are going to go well for me. Things are going to go well for my family. And so I'm following God because this is a good deal. This is prosperity. Well, both of those gospels are not the biblical gospel. So what is it? Here's, here's the tagline that ended up resulting in the creation of Renew.org. We want the Jesus we preach, the gospel we uphold, and the faith we coach to be the real deal according to scripture. So what happened is I just knew at a deeper level, you've got to have substantive theology undergirding your disciple making. And, you know, if I impose that theology on discipleship.org, there's a lot of people who don't agree with me who I would chase away Mm. because they're like, I'm not an Anglican, but we have Anglicans. I'm not a charismatic, but we have charismatics. Uh, I'm not a, you know, uh, I'm not an assembly of God person or Lutheran or whatever. Uh, But I still want all those people to know about Jesus method of disciple making, because if you really love people, even if you don't have your gospel quite worked out, but you're loving people and trying to make disciples, you know, that's still good. That's a good that I want to champion. Does that make sense? But in my best self, I would like to champion. uh, I'd like to renew people to the real Jesus, the real gospel and real faith. So on that basis, we started renew.org. Now I need to mention something else that was, that was a factor. So my tribe is independent Christian church. Um, and in my tribe, progressive Christianity is making huge inroads. Uh, I think it's making huge inroads everywhere. And uh, as an alternative to progressive Christianity, we wanted to champion really good theology focused on disciple making. So those two factors led to the creation of renew.org and, and uh, God's blessed it. Um, you know, we're about the theology and uh, we have a website called renew.org. That was an interesting story too. talk about my prayer walks where I have these arguments with God or I'm calling out to God. This, this one was weird. I'm out, I'm praying, Lord, what do we, I know we want to renew. I know we want to be about renewal and, and really restoring the teachings of Jesus. And, and then all of a sudden the thought hit me, renew churches, renew leaders. Mm. I came back and it was on GoDaddy this time. And I, can I get that website? And like renew.com was taken by like some uh, uh, contact lens, renew your yeah. contact. <laughs> that, okay, well, but then it looked like renew.org was available. So I bid on it. Like you had to pay 79 bucks to bid. I didn't yeah. understand it. So the next day I called and I said, I don't understand even what I'm doing. And the guy said, well, I'll tell you what I know. And so he pulls up the file and he says, yeah, renew.org is available for sale. It's a guy in Washington. Here's his name. Oh, here's his phone number. So I called him. 
<laughs> he was an old guy and was like renewing washing machines or something. And uh, uh, so long story short, we were able to get the website. And uh, I really am grateful for it. It's short. And it's the whole idea. You know, the Bible teaches that at the end of time, God's going to renew all things. That's right. And the idea of renewal, uh, like Richard Lovelace's book, The Dynamics of Spiritual Renewal, is like a wonderful read, really, on everything we're trying to do. Well, so, look, you, you are speaking our language uh, when you're talking about uh, renewing our commitment to the gospel and to disciple making. And by the way, I, I'm going to have to spend some more time around you because uh, whatever, whatever God has given you to get some of these domain names, I'm a domain name junkie. And ah. every time I want a good one, I'm like, doggone it. So I might have to hang out with you. Let that rub off on me. But <laughs> hey, do. hey, hey, I'd like to tell you that I'm good at that. But uh, truthfully, both of these times, it was the hand of God. Yep. It is. It always is. That's right. In everything. So we're going to close with this. <clears throat> um, briefly, I want you to just uh, kind of reflect on this. So there are probably some pastors or church leaders watching and listening and uh, maybe they have developed that heart for, uh, for the gospel, for disciple making. They want to renew their churches. They want to renew their focus on, on Jesus's method and way of making disciples. Um, but maybe, maybe they're just at a loss um, of how to do that. And maybe they're, they don't know where to begin. So maybe, you know, just in a couple of minutes, what would you tell some of those listening and watching uh, how they can get started in this? Yeah, that's a great question, by the way. At the end of the day, this is the most important question because a lot of people want to change their churches, but they don't want to change themselves. <laughs> and I say that empathetically because uh, uh, I know what that's like. And I know what it's like when you have all the programs and the people. I mean, I'm coming to you right now. You, we started before uh, the recording. Like, why am I dressed up so nice? Well, I just did a funeral and I'm actually at a funeral home. Uh, because I wanted to make sure we didn't have to reschedule. So here's the thing that um, I like the way Dallas Willard said it. He said, don't announce the revolution just started. You know, everybody wants to change the world, but you got to start by changing yourself. So the single most important thing I would do is I would pray and I would ask God, and then I would find a group of men that I would invite into a discipling relationship with me for the next year. And I would probably just pick three or four to start with. It's like Jesus had with Peter, James, and John. And there's a, we, we talked at the gathering that the three of us were at a couple of weeks ago about D groups, or we call them transformation groups or T groups. Um, Robbie gallaty has got a good model. Uh, we have one on renew.org. If you'll go to uh, how to start a transparency group using the teachings of Jesus. There's a model there. There's an hour teaching and a, a brochure you can download on how to do it. But the key thing is start by just investing in, you gotta be wise if you're a pastor, you gotta be wise that you wanna disciple your leaders first. I was with the pastor yesterday and you know he's trying to pick all these guys to disciple and I said, stop. The first people, if you're going to invest in, is invest in your elders, because they're a church with elders, disciple key elders, and disciple key staff. And just invest in them and do that with them. 
is the first and most important thing. By the way, next to discipling your wife and children. Mm. Mm. Well said. And I think that's exactly what so many of us need to hear. Yeah, I think I think we want to maybe start too big and uh, and try to make, like you said, try to change our church. And where we need to start is looking in the mirror, making sure we're doing exactly what we're supposed to be doing in our own personal life and relationship with Jesus. And you you mentioned you hit the nail on the head. Start with your family, you know, disciple those in your home, you know, pastor the little church under your roof, and disciple those key leaders in your church, and God will do some amazing things. And it won't. It may not happen overnight where you begin to see radical changes, but over time, that, that investment makes a huge impact. So we're thankful and then for it. By doing this, we will all be the chiefs of shenanigans <laughs> against right. the underworld. Let us, right. let us pray that is so. <laughs> Thanks so much, Bobby, man. We appreciate you spending some yeah. time, especially with your busy schedule and, and uh, all dressed to the nines after a funeral. We appreciate it, man. Great to be with you guys. Love what you're doing. Well, thanks well, so much, Bobby. We we appreciate you being with us. And we know everybody who's watching and listening today has been better encouraged and equipped to make disciples and lead in their local church. So we, we thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. 